One. Boom. It's Catholic. From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Monday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday edition. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you. God is so very good. I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, we had, uh, we had a fun, fun time. Myself, uh, my, t- two of my sons anyway. And, uh, Richard Reyna, my colleague from San Antonio and his son, we went out for some uh, hunting and some camping and some time, some father-son molding and bonding time, and it was an incredible experience, which leads me to one of the topics we're going to discuss today is raising sons, fatherhood, and raising sons to become men who will defend the faith. And so Richard Reyna will be on. I'm actually in the San Antonio studios this morning, and uh, my team is still in Houston, in the Houston studios. We have uh, Tim Mott there helping to run the show, and and he'll be uh, giving us the headline news here in a moment. And David Magianis is behind the board. Adrian Fonseca is on video switching. And Teresa Kamara is there in the studio. So praise be to Jesus for that. Also, I think I might open up the phone lines today and ask you about Holy Mass. Have you returned to Holy Mass? Is a Holy Mass being offered publicly in your diocese yet? And if so, how do you feel about those uh, new stipulations and requirements in order to return to Mass? Are you grateful? And I hope that you are. Praise be to Jesus. I would love to know. But uh, maybe, because uh, Friday, Steve Ray was on with Dave Palmer. And, you know, I think Steve and I have a very similar opinion of the matter. You know, we're somewhat... Um, uh, let's just say uh, ruffled in that, you know, these new, it feels like a new normal that we don't want this new normal kind of thing. But maybe we're overthinking that. I don't know. I'd love to know what you think. I'm going to give out the phone number and uh, maybe you can call in and we'll take a few phone calls here in about uh, five to ten minutes or so. 877-757-9424 is that number. You can write it down. 877-757-9424. And I'll prompt you for the phone calls in a minute. And we'll maybe get your opinion on the matter. I'd love to hear that. Uh, as dioceses uh, now begin to open slowly, all of the uh, opportunities to come back to Holy Mass publicly is still at you know, sort of quarter percent, having to wear masks, sanitizing everything. I'd love to get your opinion on that. But we're going to be talking with Richard Reyna later in the show about fatherhood, raising boys to defend the faith. I, I had this image in my mind of this young man in Poland last year who... Uh, was like the lo- oh, the only the only Catholic to stand up to uh, an LGBTQ rally, and he stood there in front of them peacefully, with a crucifix in his hand in front of them. He didn't shout any vulgarities. He didn't condemn them, with, you know, with words or anything. He just stood there with his cross and his crucifix to be a, a holy witness to a, a love that is greater, a love that is more pure. And I, I think of that and I go, look, I wonder who his father is. What kind of, what kind of dad raised a boy like that that would stand up to this crowd? They, they hauled him off. The police hauled him off. And the, the pictures of him were iconic. So we're going to talk about that today. Plus we have an incredible saint of the day uh, to discuss. And did you know, uh, St. John Paul II is celebrating his 100th anniversary. If you're hanging out with us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, I'm holding in my hand a, a cross that uh, is made from the wood where he stood upon to say Holy Mass back in 1995 here in San Antonio. It's an incredible little piece uh, that we have, courtesy of a big uh, donor and supporter of the Guadalupe Radio Network here in South and Central Texas. And I've got these lovely uh, images, uh, pictures of that visit as well. And, uh, you know, if you're here in the South and Central area, you might be able to obtain copies of this if you contact our good friend Richard Reyna, general manager of the South and Central Texas stations. But it's kind of interesting to hold this wooden cross that the Holy Mass was said upon this by St. John Paul II, who is celebrating 100-year anniversary, or his 100-year uh, birthday. Well, God rest his soul. And with that, let's pray and jump into the headline news with Tim Ott. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. 
Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now, the headlines with Tim Mott. Good morning. These are your GRN headlines for Monday, May 18th. The total COVID-19 cases worldwide are now at 4.74 million with uh, 313,000 deaths, but 1.71 million recovered. The World Health Organization is holding its first global assembly since the outbreak of the pandemic on Monday, an extraordinary virtual meeting of heads of state and health experts from around the world to try to coordinate an effective international response to a crisis that is far from over. Even as nearly every state across the United States eased restrictions on movement and European nations pushed to restart stalled economies, the virus was still spreading rapidly in other parts of the world, including in Brazil, which has seen explosive growth in the new cases in recent days. Dr. Tedros Adhonam Ghebreyesus, the general director of the WHO, said that the gathering was perhaps the most important for the world body since it was founded in 1948, but there is a risk that the gathering serves to underscore division rather than promote unity, as the United States and other countries will call for the WHO to investigate China's response to the coronavirus outbreak. At least 100 babies recently born to surrogate mothers are now stranded in Ukraine as coronavirus restrictions prevent them from leaving the country. Ukraine is one of the few countries that allows foreigners to use their women as surrogate mothers. There are at least 50 surrogacy clinics in the country, many of which cater to American, European, Chinese, and South American couples. The country's Latin Rite and Ukrainian Greek Catholic bishops on May 15th called for an end to the practice, decrying surrogacy as a phenomenon whereby persons are treated as a commodity that can be ordered, manufactured, and sold. Ahead of its eventual reopening to the public, St. Peter's Basilica is being cleaned and sanitized by the direction of the Vatican's Health and Hygiene Department. Public masses will resume throughout Italy uh, today under strict conditions. After being closed to visitors and pilgrims for more than two months, the Vatican Basilica is preparing to open again with increased health measures, though the exact date has not yet been announced. And finally, today is Pope St. John Paul II's 100th birthday. Pope Francis celebrated Mass at JP2's tomb this morning. In his homily, Francis focused on three qualities of St. John Paul II, who was Pope from 1978 to 2005, prayer, closeness to the people, and love for justice. And those are your GRN headlines for Monday, May 18th. Back to you, Joe. St. Felix of Cantalice, pray for us. Born on uh, May 18th, 1515, in Italy, he is... Pretty incredible and intriguing story, especially given the topic today that uh, we will be discussing with uh, Richard Reyna here in a little while about fatherhood and raising sons to become men of great faith and defenders of the faith. Uh, Felix, as a young man, he was given to the faith. He was uh, a shepherd in his youth, and he was hired out as a farmhand and worked that way for some 20 years. But he was very pious. And whenever he could, he spent his free time praying. And he really wanted to be a hermit because although he could not read or write, uh, he had the stories, the lives of the early desert fathers read to him. And it just inspired him. It drew his heart. And he loved being in the wild, in the wilderness. And that was something that really also drew to him. But he was afraid. He was afraid that if he were a hermit with no superior over him, that he would be tempted he would be tempted by the devil to give in and to quit. And so he sought entrance into the Capuchins. And because he could not read or write, it was very difficult for him to be accepted, but he was finally accepted as a lay brother in 1543. He was sent to Rome in 1547. Now, the thing about him is he has this uh, this personality, this charism that draws people to himself. But because he's so holy, so saintly, so united intimately to Christ, he had these charismatic gifts that people recognized, one of which was he could read souls. And so sinners began to hide from him. Uh, because as he walked down the street, he could, he could sense their soul, their, and he could sense their sins, and he would call them out. And they did not want to be held accountable for their sins. And so they hid from him. Now think about that in your own life and how we might hide from the difficult parts of our life. We might hide from our woundedness. We might hide from our brokenness, hide from our sinfulness. 
but rather it is the light that drags us out of the darkness. And so let's not be one that hides uh, away from our sins. When we're called out, let us come to repentance and reconciliation. I think that was part of uh, Brother Felix's uh Charism. And because even though he could not read or write, many theologians actually came to consult him on the spiritual uh, life and sacred scripture and theology. He could not read or write, but he had great insights through the grace of God. And many recognized that St. Charles Borromeo, St. Philip Neri, uh, all recognized how holy and how incredible this man was, and they flocked him. Even the children of Rome uh, loved St. Felix. He would, in fact, teach them the catechism, but he would do so through the songs. So he would sing these songs to them, and uh, the children would memorize their catechism through his songs. And so he became very popular on the streets. He was very uh, charitable as well to the poor. He would give whatever he could. He barely ate anything. Barely, uh, he barely ate anything, but he had a zealousness for the faith, for being strong in the faith. Felix preached in the streets, rebuked corrupt politicians and officials. When's the last time that's happened in our neighborhoods and our communities? How many, how many of us live in cities where abortion is just reigning supreme and the politicians of our communities are left unchecked and Felix would preach and rebuke them? Why? Because he loved them. Because he loved their souls. And he desired for them to have repentance and reconciliation before it was too late. And he would exhort young men to stop leading dissolute lives. And once during a carnival, uh, I say, think Mardi Gras, where there is uh, reveling in the streets and in sort of immorality being uh, being had at all sorts. And trust me, I I participated in that in my time as well. Felix actually led a procession into the midst of this carnival, and he brought there the holy crucifix. And he preached to them because he loved their souls. And he knew that this immoral behavior, this uh, unchecked uh, partying, was not good for their souls. And he had the courage to go in their midst to try to save them. Where are the men today to preach such zealous faith and love for the church? And Felix, uh, as I said, slept little, ate very little, lived on the Holy Eucharist. Now, he had a a, a devout... uh, faithful prayer and life for Our Lady, and, and he would frequently pray the rosary. He would get caught up into ecstasy, and, and uh, he would have a vision, and he would be visited by Our Lady. And once, when Our Lady visited him with a baby infant in her arms, she allowed Felix to hold the Christ child in his arms as well. Think about that. The intimacy of a life well-lived gets rewarded with such grace, such Im- immeasurable grace through these visits, would that we have such zealousness in our life, in our faith, that we would strive for these types of graces. They're not given to everyone, that's for sure, but surely the most heroic among us do get to enjoy them. He died in uh, May, he died rather in 1587 on May 18th, which is the same day he was born, back in 1515 of natural causes. But so many people came to see his funeral mass that there were many injured in the pressing together just to get into the church. Because we all recognize saintliness and we all recognize holiness when we see it. And uh, that's why, so when St. Teresa of Calcutta died, for instance, the whole world stopped. To pay attention. These things do matter to us. And I think St. Felix today is a great witness to the faith and a great storyteller about how to raise sons into men that will defend the faith. St. Felix of Cantalice, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, Saint. Uh, speaking of a future saint... Teresa Kamara, I almost promoted you to Saint. Well, there's Teresa. a lot of Saint Teresas out there to take a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, perspective from, but I am definitely not sainted, right? You know, so yes. yeah. Well, there we yes. go. There, we want to always achieve that goal. You know, heaven is where we want to be. But um, as far as when you were talking about, you know, the ability for you know great priests and, and great men to st- to step forward, um, one of the amazing opportunities that were was available recently was in Canada. They just had the March for Life, and there are so 
much anti-life and anti-church um, political aspects going on in Canada. It's not just happening here in America or, or in China. Um, and so just the courage that it takes for people to participate and come out and lead that prayer and, mm. and make that stand and, and encourage people to come out, um, we see annually through the March for Life, through um, in various parts of the world, and then also um, through things like 40 Days for Life, um, where we get to see, I get a chance to work with a lot of priests who, who speak out at their parish that Sunday before the, the church comes out. And so we get a chance to hear different people's um, stories, including uh, one priest who shared uh, recently how he himself could have been aborted. And so just being able to to hear them tell that that very personal story about a very personal situation because we know that when women are going into the abortion facilities that are they're looking at this as you know I have no way out I have no choice and so we're like no we we have that choice available for you to choose life and that you can do this that way you don't suffer through the consequences of this terrible act that would be terrible mm. on a spiritual level on a, and on a physical level as well so so thank you to all those priests who are speaking out um, and being that public witness um, especially now that there's opportunity through communicating through social media right now yes. there's, there's a, been a huge push and I know you've been very involved in that Joe so I'm just curious how many priests have contacted you now about reaching out to people through Oof. through the network I, I, the I didn't I haven't counted. It's a good question. You know, it was one of those when you, when the crisis hits, you, you stop and you ask yourself, what do I have to offer? And unfortunately, if you're Joe McLean, you just don't have much. And I thought, well, I know how to set up webcams and live video streams, so let me just offer that. So I and did, and many priests actually took me up on it. So I was I was helping some priests from all over the United States, actually. And while you might feel like you 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 can talk about the struggle of that, and and the internet is always a struggle, but um, you actually were very involved in um, bringing us the mass into our home. So thank you for that, because while we want to be present, and while I had the great joy and and the grace of being able to be at mass once again this weekend um you know just being able to know that hey i'm being able to bring in mass into my home and now maybe my neighbors who are you know next door to me or can hear me mm. through the walls like they get a chance to hear easter <laughs> mass and it was kind of like part of me was a little bit nervous about that i was like i wonder how yeah. my singing is today but i thought you know this isn't about singing <laughs> this isn't about what they can hear you know this uh. is about participation and and so we actually have that opportunity right now in a unique way to say, yeah, I'm making that extra effort to go to mass. I'm making that extra effort to, to, you know, make sure I show up with my mask and wiping down the pew with the sanit, you know, with the, um, Lysol, you know, cloth <laughs> or whatever. And, um, and. That's funny. When, when I, when we were singing at mass at the house, I think the neighbor called and said, do you have a cat dying? Is there, is there like an animal in death the row over there? Along. Or like. Good grief. What's going on? Oh, praise Jesus for that. But all right. So let me, before we jump into the pro-life news, mm -hmm. uh, Teresa, which I think there's a few headlines there Quite we can discuss few. today. But I, I think we're going to open up the phone lines here in just a few minutes. Take a one or two or three or four calls just to see from our audience. I'd love to know, is mass available in your neck of the woods? And if so, how do you feel about the regulations? Does it feel a bit like a new normal kind of a thing? That's how I'm feeling for sure. Uh, but I would love to know how you feel about it. And uh, the phone number to call is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And then uh, here in a little while, we'll also be speaking with my colleague Richard Reyna. He and I were doing a father-son camping hunting trip this past weekend. And, uh, you know, we didn't sleep much. Mark that down. It's the first time I've said that. And then, uh, <laughs> but, which is why my brain isn't working too well today. But it was an awesome opportunity to have some bonding time with our sons, you know, outdoors as fathers talking about our, well, what we love most, our faith and, and teaching them and, and uh, having this just wonderful time together. And, and so we want, we just really felt like what an opportunity to talk about fatherhood. And raising sons to become men of great faith who would even defend the faith as Saint Felix did. So with that, again, the phone number is 877-757-9424. But what's in the news from a, from a pro-life perspective, Teresa? 
So we're so going into the pro-life news. Um, David Delighton is now suing Kamala Harris um, wow. as at this point. So what has happened? A little bit of backstory there. Um, David had been doing had actually founded Center for Medical Progress and gone into Planned Parenthood and into various um, groups like stem cell research and the doing doing. Um, involved in the harvesting of baby parts and he was looking for evidence of criminal violent activity basically mm. the because he had learned that children um would be killed outside the womb in order to obtain certain body parts for certain experiments and he had um recognized evidence of this and so he went undercover did a 30 month um undercover um, investigation and came out, produced over a dozen videos, produced us to the public, was showing um, the leadership in Congress and um, various um, legal authorities this material so that way action could be taken. And action was followed up from Congress through the work of Marsha Blackburn. Um, but the California um, had an attorney general uh, State Attorney General Kamala Harris in 2015 at the time. Uh, she met with Planned Parenthood to discuss, you know, how they were going to promote abortion as she was running for Senate. And um, she also discussed with them the removal of the video footage and going after David Delighton legally. And so she started the legal criminal process against David Delighton, claiming that he was, uh, it was illegal for him to videotape people in these private conversations. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but the reality is there is a loophole in the California system that states that if they are revealing criminal, violent criminal activity, then they can and they're submitting that for legal purposes and they can actually videotape undercover because it's a basic whistleblower um, it's a basic whistleblower um, investigation and so he did show evidence there was concern and yet he was found guilty in a criminal case and in the civil case and so now he is going after Kamal Harris because he's saying look this is I'm you know he's the very first um, reporter that has been uh, attacked under this particular California law. And mm. so it endangers all, all journalistic and undercover journalistic, um, processes, which was already being done by official yeah. news networks. So just because he's a separate, not unofficial, you know, journalist, it doesn't mean that the law does not also apply to him and protect him in the same way that it protected Chris Wallace and his investigations in 2000. And uh, right. he was working for ABC. So that it wasn't like this was the first time and he followed up on it and, and now he has produced materials. It, there's plenty of evidence showing that he should be exonerated and yet Mm. This is still proceeding forward, and so he's going after Kamal Harris at this and point. It's, as a isn't person. it insane mm-hmm. that in this time of pandemic, we're still seeing like uh, Nancy Pelosi trying to put a bill through to fund abortion? Yes. You know, it's like we're supposed to be dealing with pandemic, but you're still fa- trying to find a way to fund abortion, and so it just it it shows it, all the cards are visible now. Where is the evil? You well, know, it the has offering to do with money. And, it's and no, power. God, no good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the thing is, like, Nancy Pelosi's uh, uh, promotion of uh, sending a billion dollars out of this <laughs> yeah. particular bill to Planned Parenthood, even uh, Joy from The View was <laughs> like, what does this have to do with COVID-19? Right. I mean, and when, she's like, even she's going, <laughs> what is this? And when so, Joy from The View pulls, right. picks up on it, you know there's problems. And so, and so as far as as like um, as far as Nancy Pelosi is concerned, there are certain people who get into Congress and and get it and they just have a certain drumbeat and they just want to promote that one thing and nobody expects anything different and unfortunately we need to just keep on praying and hoping that there will be a conversion because she does have the baptism of being Catholic and we just need to pray that God's going to use that extra grace yeah. to bring her about full circle so that way because wouldn't she be an awesome pro-life uh, yeah. witness if she actually came about like Abby Johnson in the movie Unplanned but like yes. just how much more would she be a great <laughs> that's witness that's right yeah yes or yes we'll take it please Lord convert us all that's what I say convert us all and use us as instruments in your hand to bring about the conversion of others. Praise be to Jesus. Okay, so we do have one call on the line. Uh, any other headline news there, Teresa? Well, before you go off and, and take another um, fatherhood-type question and mass-type question, I wanted to go ahead and also bring up that Brett Young just came out with oh, a wow. released a song called Lady, and he's 
uses the um, heartbeat of his unborn child um, at eight weeks, and then wow. he sings this song to his unborn daughter uh, about about his love for his wife and her mother and wow. um, it's it's very beautiful and it, and to me it kind of highlighted the whole aspect of that fatherhood of of pointing to you know where the child wants to go you're guiding mm. that child into learning about life in in a very healthy beautiful way and he highlights how his wife as a lady as someone who has patience and just that love that that um will help to guide his that he knows will help guide his child and help form him as well so it's yes, beautiful I'll, I'll never forget listening to the heartbeat of my daughter mm-hmm. when she was in utero and just hearing that sound and knowing that that was my child mm-hmm. i mean it it just it really sucked me in emotionally and and just uh, spiritually just into this experience of uh you know this this baby's coming and i could hear this child is alive inside uh, the womb of my wife and as a father that helped me to connect to this child emotionally and so then that's why i my rule has always been to name the babies before they're born so that i have to know their gender before they're born which always drove my wife nuts you know she she wanted it to be a surprise and i always you don't said, let hey, them choose their own gender i i no i don't and neither does god but i i i, I, I said go. to my wife i said honey if you don't want to know i won't tell you i promise i'll keep it a secret but uh as a dad it was that sound of the beating heart that really drew me in so what a powerful tool that is actually it's kind of funny my parents did not want to know the gender at a time and so they came up with a boy's name and a girl's name and because i was their first child they actually thought i was twins because my dad was certain really? he heard my heart, he heard my heartbeat and my mom's heartbeat, and he's like, "I know that you're pregnant with twins," and so I had four <laughs> names ready for me. <laughs> four names, <laughs> you know, in preferential uh, order. So, so funny. for those, yeah. So, it, but the thing is, what's beautiful is God calls each one of us by name. We yeah. talk about that, and we talk about the importance of our baptismal name. And so, actually, my my sister-in-law is big on we celebrate their baptism day um, even more than their birthday because that's whenever they were born into new life in the church. And so, they, but she as she names them, she um, gave them the same baptism name as their their actual biological name. So. That was neat. How very Catholic of her. <laughs> yeah, praise Jesus. All right, uh, before we go to a break and before we uh, start our conversation with Richard Reina about raising sons, raising boys into men that will love and defend the faith, stand up and try to be an instrument in the hand of the Holy Spirit to bring about conversions in the world. Uh, so that's kind of a heavy topic, but a cool one, I think, for sure. But we have a phone call on the line. I want to go to that. Before I do, I would love to know, uh, is Mass available for you? And how do you feel about Mass coming back slowly with these sort of these requirements, these prerequisites, wearing masks, a quarter percent full, sanitizing everything? How does that, how does that, how do you feel about that? I know how I feel, but I would love to know your insight on that. Uh, we have a few moments to take a quick a couple of number of calls here at 877-757-9424. 877 Let's go to Julie from Galveston. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for holding. Uh, how have you been, and how has Mass gone for you so far? Okay, so I know you're familiar with our diocese, with the Galveston Houston Diocese, and um, so Donardo has opened it up with certain restrictions, and we're doing the 25%. Every other pew, uh, I'm on the island, so it's Holy Family, which is the collection of the six parishes, the six churches. Oh, wow. That's what we did after Ike. And, um, yeah, that was just how it was dealt with. And so um, I did Our Lady of Fatima, <clears throat> I'm sorry, on her feast day. I have not gone back on a Sunday yet, but I think the family were deciding to go this Sunday, probably to St. Mary's the Basilica or mm. Sacred Heart. It just depends on what time you want to go. Because each church has one specific time. We have the three priests and we have different times. So, but it's a, not a big island, so you can just go down three blocks and you're at another church. Um, so I like the every other pew. It's marked very clearly. We do have to wear our masks. I don't love that um, just because it's such a... You know, it's, it's your, you're there for a good part of, you know, you know, over an hour. And so it's a long time, but you know what? First responders wear them all the time. Uh, surgeons wear them for hours on end. So it's, oh my goodness, it's an opportunity to go to mass. 
Um, so I, I loved it. I have a son who's very, uh, you know, goes, leans very traditional, traditional, and mm-hmm. does not want to take communion in his hand. He says he's not I'm worthy. I'm in the same boat. And, so, okay. And I was like, oh, but I'm getting Jesus. And he said, it doesn't <laughs> matter. I'm not, you know. So yeah. I am taking it on my hand. He is choosing not to. The rest of the family is fine, you know, but he's very much no. Um, yeah. So now he'll go to mass, but not on the hand. <laughs> well, so Julie, it'll, it'll I appreciate you calling in and sharing that with us. I know it's been a conversation that's been going on through social media, uh, you know, about how we feel about the mass coming back online, becoming more available to the lay faithful, which I am grateful for. But yet at the same time, uh, I, I am conflicted because uh, I feel like this is like a new normal being pushed upon us, and, and I don't appreciate right. that part aspect of it. And I'm certainly not opposed to people wearing masks. I think it could be a wise and prudential choice, but I would be opposed to someone forcing people to wear masks. I think that is uh, is not good. Uh, and as far as communion goes on the hand or the tongue, it's a raging debate on Twitter. If you have... Nothing to do with, you know, for, during the day. Or in and real you life. are just looking to burn precious moments of, of existence. Get on Twitter and look at the deb- raging debate that's going on there about no. uh, communion on the hand versus on the tongue. And I'll say this. I, as the older I get, the more traditional I become, the more my heart grows in love for the faith, uh, the tradition of the faith. And I'm especially struck by St. Paul in his uh, letter to the Thessalonians. In the midst of great controversy, in the midst of great chastisement, in the coming last days, hold fast to the traditions that we have handed on to you, yeah. whether by word of mouth or by letter. And I think of communion on the hand and the tongue, and I think that's the, you know, St. Felix received on the tongue, St. Saint Therese received on the tongue, St. Padre Pio. And I think of the tradition of the church from that perspective. It really speaks to my heart, but just in a more practical way, too. My hands are used to open doors and shake hands and touch surfaces and places where we have to wash and sanitize, but I never open a door with my tongue, you know. And uh, and, and, <laughs> and And by the grace of God, now this does happen sometimes by the grace of god no priest has touched my tongue so far while giving me communion but uh it, it does happen right there I mean, it's not a perfect situation and i'm not claiming it to be but at any rate it's oh, no. i think a we, good conversation yeah, we, that, that we should all have yeah, that is our preferred method for our family i even you know my sons even do the kneeling down and in, in i'm just older now and so kneeling down in front of the priest is a challenge is well actually the getting up is the challenge not the kneeling down yeah. But, um, yes. Yes. Yes or yes. Yes. To Annunciation and see Father Felix sometimes because right. I grew up in, well, we all grew up in the Houston area, but we're on the Good. island now. But yeah. anyway, so well, we're very well, Julie, much, it, it was a long time. Um, yeah. Well, praise God. I, I'm glad you called in today. Like Thank you. Thank you for uh, being a no part worries. of our conversation and, uh, we're praying for you. Everybody down in Galveston, you, you know, it's uh, ever since Hurricane Ike, it's been a trick for you uh, incredible Catholics down there. So thank you for calling in today. What's beautiful about no Annunciation way. that she mentioned, too, is the fact that they have, and she didn't quite mention this part, but they have the kneelers that are available. So they have the altar rail. And mm. you can go and you can receive Christ on your knees. And then you can, you have that altar rail to help you get back up again, too. Um, and so, like, for, I know certain parishes have had put out um, where they would bring forward kneelers or pray and they would, and that would help you if you wanted to kneel down. So I know some parishes were starting to do that. But I think what's really essential about this whole talk conversation about, you know, whether to receive Christ in the hand or not, because that's how I was taught, but I definitely prefer receiving on the tongue. But as far as like, there's a fantastic, um, YouTube that Gabriel Castillo put out. It's called The Eucharist, A a Reverence Revolution. And it basically shows how there can be particles of our Lord on your hand. And so it's so important to um, look at your hand after you receive in the hand and make sure that none of Christ is left on your palm. Otherwise, you're at risk of desecrating him right there just by continuing on and he falls on the floor and then you're what people are walking around, you know, on their, uh, you know, on him. And so you want to make sure that if you can, whenever you go to consume him, you want to consume all of him. But one of the things I thought was fascinating and I wanted to mention on the radio today um, was that they had just made an announcement in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, that we had to receive on our hand at the parish I went to on Sunday. And um, literally within two minutes, um, there, I heard the priest go, hey, you know, and he called out to this guy. And it was much, it was not as calm as I'm saying right now, but um, yeah. 
he he caught a guy who was walking away with Jesus. Wow. And um, so right there, and I thought, you know, was this just a mistake? Maybe somebody yes. was new visiting, you know, someone... Yes. You know, we, I had it could a friend. Have been any any amount of things that we can st- try to say. Well, maybe yeah. it was just something that was an accident, or he didn't mm. understand. But thank God that the priest was right there to say right. either consume him right here in front of me, or give him back to me. I had a friend uh, post on social media. He discovered a host in the church hall mm-hmm. after mass. He just found it. He he doesn't know if it's consecrated or not. And he just posted this picture of the host in his hand, and the shock of it all. You know, and, uh, I mean, he, he asked his priest for permission to consume it, which his priest granted. You know, just, I guess you, you err on the side of caution and you assume it's, mm-hmm. it's consecrated, but, you know, it's, it's a sad thing. But, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to start a live debate here and, and, uh, and stir up some trouble. That's not my goal here. Uh, but I think it's a great conversation to have. And, uh, we do have another call on the line. We have Lucy on from McKenney. Good morning, Lucy. Thanks for being a part of our call. Lucy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Good morning, Lucy. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Well, I am calling to um, say that we have been blessed in living, even though we are in the Diocese of Dallas, mm-hmm. which is not allowing masses yet, we are next door to Fort Worth, the Diocese of Fort Worth. So we've been going to church in a town 12 miles from here. Wonderful. And we, and we are so thrilled that we could do this. So kind of we're wondering if they're doing it in Fort Worth, why can't we be doing it in Diocese of Dallas? Doesn't make sense, does it? It, it is part of the, you know, i got to be honest with you. So, Easter week, I was, I was darn near depressed because of all of this. I, I, I mean, I had a friend I was on the phone with, and he was buying parts for his toilet, and I'm like, you can buy parts for your toilet at a Home Depot, but I can't go to Holy Mass? Are you kidding me? Like, I, I was so mad at that. And then I tried to stream Holy Mass on Good Friday, and it's just buffering, and the audio's bad, and I'm, I just was wallowing in my own self-pity, to be honest with you. But it was so, I just couldn't do it anymore. I just could not sit there and watch these streamed masses, you know, especially if you're social media. There's so many now that I was, I was just being bothered by the whole thing, and I'm like, my heart is not being united to Christ in this, and it, I'm not, I'm not casting uh, anything on anybody else other than myself here, but I'm telling you, it was a struggle. And, I'm, and then we had an opportunity to to start going to Mass again, uh, and it, it was such respite. Just to be able to go to a, a, just to the sanctuary and pray before the Blessed Sacrament of the Tabernacle was just such grace and joy. I mean, I think we've taken for granted for so long the access to our Lord sacramentally, that he's given us this pause to remind ourselves wh- who he is, where he is, and what he's doing for us. And uh, boy, well, and I think there's two. I, other, I pray I never take it for granted again. There's two aspects of this that I keep thinking about. One is um, a comment that I actually heard from someone else, which was that we are a people of the incarnation. Like we, Christ came to us physically, and yet, and he continues to come to us physically in mm. the Eucharist. And so we believe that being uh, in a at a mass that where we could maybe not even see the altar because we're just so far away, that means more being and trying to attend that mass, being present there. We're, we're more present than through a live stream where we can actually like see the really closely yeah. to the altar. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, there's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect of how many people were, I can't remember the percentage, but the, the, the vast majority of Catholics who didn't even believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. You know, this mm. is an opportunity for us to be able to witness, even through our pain, like this is really Christ. He really deserves the reverence of being Worshipped and adored in person through ador- through adoration, received through you know on our tongue, given if we're going to take him out to meet other people, like to visit the sick and those that are stuck at home. You know he belongs in a pix. Like he he deserves that level of respect to yeah. be treated as more precious than gold. He is contained inside of gold, and so. um this gives us that opportunity to help revive that understanding and versus just like like you were saying, like taking it for granted, just expecting that everybody that goes up to communion will know that. Yeah. Um, and 
it, it, so it's it's a beautiful opportunity in the sense that God can give us the grace wherever we're at. So while we're acting in obedience to the cardinal, um, mm-hmm. in this case, or everyone to their bishop, like God's not going to abandon us no matter what else happens, no matter the circumstances. And so just being able to receive the grace as much as possible where we're at. Yes. Well, I, I am very grateful, Lucy, for you calling in today. And uh, we're praying that Holy Mass will be made available to all the lay faithful very oh, please shortly. Soon. Please soon. Uh, We're going to go to break and we're going to come back and we're going to be speaking with Richard Reyna about fatherhood. Raising sons. He and I were uh, on a weekend hunting, camping trip with our sons and uh, trying to make men out of them. And unfortunately, I think I just cried like a baby most of the time. But uh, we'll talk about that. Raising sons. Trying to imagine how crying and going with guns would go. (laughs) Raising sons into boys that will defend the faith. That is what we need. A generation of men who will stand up for love and zealousness for the faith, but also for charity for souls. Because heaven is eternal and so is hell and there's a difference amen Amen. don't go anywhere we're going to come right back we're going to have that conversation right here on your guadalupe radio network station all across the grn you're listening to grn alive now is a great time to call 877-757-9424 hallelujah he is risen he is risen indeed This is Richard Reyna from the South and Central Texas area. And from my family to yours, I want to take this opportunity to simply wish you and all your loved ones a joyous, blessed, and most happiest of Easter's. I also want to thank you for being a loyal listener and supporter of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Happy Easter season. And remember, we love you. God love you. I've never heard y'all before. There is this lady with her big white SUV, and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station underneath. Put it on y'all's radio station anyhow, and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs, and they lead you into the right direction. I just appreciate you and God for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is Him, and it's okay. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. While listening to your favorite Guadalupe Radio Network radio station, have you ever stopped to say to yourself, Oh, if I could only hear that again! Well, the good news is you can. Just log on to grnonline.com. We have links to podcast versions of our programming. Again, grnonline.com. Make sure to enable the location service when you're prompted. It will deliver your local station information, plus connect you to all the network stuff as well. grnonline.com. Hey, Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, You are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday edition. I'm Joe McLean, live from South and Central Texas today. I'm in the San Antonio studios of uh, KJMA with my f- good friend and colleague, Richard Reina. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Uh, praise God. Uh, good enough, as they say. Now we. I'm a little tired. <laughs> have I mentioned that I'm tired? That's five. If I, the if I hit the five <laughs> mark, yes, that have. was the goal, anyway. <laughs> we haven't slept much in four days. But uh, we're going to be having a fun conversation here about raising boys into men that will love and defend the faith. Before I do that, I want to mention a couple of things. One is, uh, if you've seen the new website for the Guadalupe Radio Network, you should check it out. Just go to grnonline.com. And if you allow your browser to know your location, I promise you we won't be uh, selling your data or harassing you through it. But what it does is your location gives us the ability to do give you a custom local experience of the GRN brand. 
So you're going to get the the flavor of the whole network, but you're going to get the local station, your local contact information. You'll actually be able to listen to your local station right away. Uh, you know, so it's it's really neat. You should check it out. GRNonline.com is the website. GRNonline.com. We're also working on rolling out upgrades to our mobile app, which I already thought was pretty good, but we're actually going to make that better. We're rolling out a new podcast catalog for you for uh, audio on demand content because we know that that's uh, a big way of how you consume some of this material. So check it out, grnonline.com, and then keep us in your prayers. Now, let's jump in with Richard Raina here, South and Central Texas. How long have you been with the GRN? Twelve and almost 13 years. Twelve and a half years. Thirteen years. Wow. Wow. Praise be to Jesus. And uh, married, how many children? Uh, Four beautiful children here, one in heaven. And married for going to be 25 years coming up next year. Wow, wow. congratulations. Sorry. That's awesome. Woo-hoo. Wow. And uh, 25 years of marriage, four children. I've known her, my wife, since she, we were six years old. So. I know, that's oh, wow. creepy. <laughs> does she know that you were, uh, you're like, uh, you were the one uh, sort of stalking her a little bit? Is that it? No, 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 no. I think she was stalking me. I don't yeah. know. I'm going to switch the camera here. So if you're hanging out with us on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, thanks for hanging out. You can always find us on those platforms at GRN online. Now, we've had opportunities, Richard and I, for the past several years to go camping and hunting together and bring our boys, and the boys just love it. You know, my daughters do too, actually. We love the outdoors. We love camping and all of that. But in particular, I I was thinking of the boys and what an opportunity we have as fathers to have a dramatic impact on their lives. You know, For myself, even though I had a very difficult relationship with my dad, or, you know, or have had a difficult relationship with my father. Um, uh, I, one of the most precious memories I have as a, as a little boy was spending time with him alone, camping and hiking and outdoors. You know, there's just something incredibly, um, I want to use the word magical. It's not the word I want, but with, with a tired brain, because I haven't slept this weekend. Did ah. I mention that? Did I mention that? It's very, um, it's very Harry Potter-like. Stop it, Adrian. You're going to get us in trouble. So, Richard, tell me about that experience with you and Elijah, because your son, he's the only son, surrounded by women. Yes, yes. You know, they got lots of daughters. It's kind of the opposite of my house. But but so, uh, with you and Elijah, how special is that time? It's amazingly special. You know, I was going to share that I know, you know what we do with Guadalupe Radio, GMs, we go down to different parishes and different Catholic groups to share about Catholic Radio, get the word out so we can increase awareness and help spread the gospel. And I took Elijah with me one time to uh, uh, the Knights of Columbus uh, meeting in uh, Bernie. And I got up there, I do what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I started talking about this testimony, that testimony, this stuff. I mean, I, I love sharing those testimonies. And when we left there, you know, Elijah kind of tugs at my chair and goes, Dad, Dad, Dad. You know, I, I love it when you talk about, and you say this, and he repeated my first testimony almost verbatim and it blew me away my heart started pounding it felt like it was going to come out of my chest i was like whoa yeah. and then he says dead, dead, dead. and then you said my other favorite one and he rattled that one off and i, I again i was just like <gasps> i was almost out of breath and we got in my vehicle i'm like how do i capture this moment how do i capture yeah. the moment so i got my phone to press record and i kind of put it close to him i said i'm, I'm you know, elijah i'm so sorry you know what did you say again i, I was a little <laughs> distracted <laughs> same. and then he repeated the first story again and right as he as finished he goes dad Dad, are you recording this? And he caught me, so I didn't catch the rest of it. But it was so, so amazing to have those moments uh, together yeah. with him. It just, so, it, it, it's, it's, it's. I'm speechless with it because it's so powerful. And as you were sharing your story about uh, remembering when you were with your dad alone, mm. uh, I'm not sure at what point in your life you realized that there was a father wound. But oh, I had to be an adult before that kind of right, clicked. Right, right, right. And yeah. and I think it's part of the challenge. So many of my buddies that are out there that have have not had those experiences, but have had father yeah. wounds, don't realize it. And you can't get the healing unless you realize there's a wound there. Yeah, I was chasing my father because my parents were divorced when I was five and six years old, and and so I was chasing his affections and his attention because you know he had other women in his life that were not my mother, and it felt like competition. So when we had alone time. And my father liked to camp. He liked to do that stuff, and and I just cherished you know that stuff. He was in the army, so he was uh, stationed in Europe, and so we were traveling around Europe on my summer break. I went over there twice in the summers to to spend that time with him, and we would we'd go touring. It was the best living out of a van. It was just the best time, you know, climbing mountains and and just experiencing things. But it was time spent with my dad that really. Uh, was so special to me. And I think of that, and I think of the opportunity 
that you and I have as Catholic men, we can do that special time with our sons. Then we can add a layer on top of that with raising them in the faith. Because it seems like there's, there is a shortage of men who are so zealous and love for the faith that they will stand up and defend her because they don't want to be uncomfortable or they don't want to, uh, they don't want to be shunned or outcast or they don't want to be looked uh, upon as being weird in, in any way. They're, they don't want to put themselves out there. And, and I think of that young man last year in Poland who stood, he was the only man and he was a teenager. He was the only man to stand there at this LGBTQ rally and hold up this crucifix. He didn't shout them. He didn't have signs that said hurtful or hateful things. He simply stood there and held up a crucifix because God died on a cross for love of them. What's fascinating, too, about that story in Poland is that he actually had almost considered not going and doing that because he was worried about the repercussions. But then what changed his mind was he saw this blasphemous icon of Our Lady of Chistakova with this rainbow halo. And so here he was defending Our Lady. Here he was defending the precious Mother of God. And so that, I think, is another aspect of of what you're talking about as well as, like, you felt this frustration whenever... And this, and this sense of competition whenever your father was, in, was paying attention to these other women. And, yes. yeah, and as Richard Reyna was saying is, you're married for 25 years. One of the things that they talk about for children is that stability of loving that mother. Loving the mother yes. is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your child. And Amen. so, well, that's one of the things that's beautiful about your marriage now, Joe, is, is that you have this, this great deep love for your wife that you continuously share and that we see that stability through your kids too coming wow. up. And so, yeah. so it's great. It's, it's, text that to my wife. Yeah. Right? Oh, I, I talk to her regularly. <laughs> I want her to she's know talking that. To me, she's talking to me. Oh, okay. talking to me. <laughs> well, I, I, but I hope as a dad that, you know, my sons will one day have that courage because mm-hmm. what do we see around us? I mean, we mentioned this earlier talking about coming back to mass and we look at the statistics and this, the, 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 uh, statistics aren't good you know the the majority of catholics don't even believe in the real presence of christ in the holy eucharist you know the the conversation about on the hand or on the tongue it's like how about we just start with do you believe that's jesus mm. you know that's a better place to be to having the conversation i mean you go to the the cara statistics which is what the usccb uh, consult and they paint a not a good picture at all and every category except for the only positive category is permanent diaconate it's the only category with growth over the last 50 years. In every other category, nothing but nose dive down. Wow. Why do you think that is? Uh, it's because we need to teach and instruct our children in the faith. And we, we need to give them a zealousness. And, uh, and Richard, well, give us some of your well, tips and strategies. I know well, one of them is to uh, transform your home into a domestic church. But maybe you can give us some insights on what you do in your family. You know, and one thing I've started doing actually most recently is, you know, just because of my, my beautiful co-host for my show last Monday, uh, you know, prepping for the show, and looked up something on the rosary that I didn't and shared with me, educated me on the rosary. That when you pray, what we understand is is one rosary a day or a set of mysteries. That's actually a chaplet. I'm like, what? Mm. So praying the real rosary, you're praying all four sets of mysteries or three, however you all say three. that. All three. Yeah. Me, me, me. Go to the yeah, comments. That's right. Um, but so I started praying that. And, you know, kind of like Father John Ricardo says of his dad, his dad would, would pray, but not so his kids could see him, but he would pray. So his kids can see him. Yeah. I, I want to pray this rosary, all sets of the mysteries, mm-hmm. every day. Not so my kids can see me, but so my kids can see me. And see that I have a desire to pray. Not just go through the motions. Blah, blah, blah. No, not at all. I want to pray it. I crave to pray it. And that's what I want to witness to my kids. A, a planting that seed of desire in them to want to learn more about the faith, live out the faith, live it with holy boldness. Mm. And, uh, you know, so when they see me up there talking about Catholic radio, I'm talking about a beautiful Catholic faith, and I see Elijah and my girls get fired up about that. I love that. So, uh, you know, you mentioned the domestic church. 
You know, my wife, Julie, she's been, I should mention, my beautiful co-host is my wife, so <laughs> I should make that clarification there. Uh, um, but, you know, just recently, we, you know, I think one of the posts that you put about change, transforming one of your rooms, yeah. uh, putting a kneeler, putting something on the wall, forget what it was, and you know, I'm sure you'll tell us all about it. <laughs> but, you know, she redid all of our images that we have, our mm. saints' images and Last Supper and all kinds of beautiful things on this one wall. We're almost done with it, but it looks it looks great. It's, it's, it's our domestic church. One of the things we did years ago, when we started coming to this realization that we have the one shot to raise these kids and um, we removed the TV from the main central aspect of family life in the house. We cut the cable. It was, it's gone. It's been gone for many years now. We moved the TV into the bedroom so that any TV watching goes into our bedroom. It's the only TV in the house. And so any movie watching or whatever is done intentionally and... Um, Nobody has a TV in their bedroom otherwise. But in the main part of the house, we turned that into our sort of our family chapel. And then, but just before, just before Ash Wednesday of this year, my wife in particular, but I felt it too. We felt an urgency at the turn of the year, um, you know, December 31st. We felt the urgency to consecrate ourselves to St. Joseph mm-hmm. and to transform one of our rooms into a family chapel. And so my wife was really motivated, and uh, and I felt that as well. So we 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 ordered this incredible mural uh, from our friend Gabriel Castillo. He is the one on his uh, Gabby oh, After no Hours way. channel. Really? So I got the idea from him, and it's this beautiful crucifix scene, and it's it's absolutely huge, 63 inches tall, and it sticks to the wall. And then I built a wooden frame to go around it, so it looks like a proper oil painted image, and it's beautiful. And then we uh, we set up an altar underneath it, and we now we're putting up icons next to it. And I got we ordered a, a Saint Joseph image, a Saint Joseph Terror of Demons. He's oh, he's wielding an yeah. axe, standing oh, on the oh, head oh. of a slain dragon. <laughs> I'm like, yes or yes. <laughs> you know, we actually uh, somebody gave us some some church bells. Uh, very really? old antique bells. You know, we've got those are the, exercised. Yes, I know. Big Church time. bells are exercised. We actually have uh, an Easter candle from when my kids wore or confirmed last year uh, in the area. We you know we have I think four relics now, so first class relics that we have with us in that area. So you know the whole house needs to be. And it's important for sons, for for kids, daughters, sons, yes, both. Course. To be honest with you, uh, to see that. Like, because it becomes priority. They see where their parents are prioritizing life. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I tell you we're not saints, I mean, I mean, we're not saints. <laughs> okay. My wife and I have a, a, a difficult marriage in many ways. And we have since the beginning, just because we're broken and fallen people. But we're, but we're committed. We're committed to living out our life, our sacrament together until the end. Fortitude. Yeah. Yeah, it takes it, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And how important is that for the kids? It's amazing. Just like last night, you know, I was, I was praying hard. You can ask Elijah tomorrow. You know, I was hoping you'd go back out there to hunt again and not give. And you did. You were praying for me. Unfortunately, (laughs) it didn't work much. But, uh, stick around. If you're hanging out with us online, we'd love to hang out with you for another about half hour on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube at GRN Online. But I think it's important in this conversation to be resolved in raising your children to love and have zeal for the faith and have zeal for souls. Charity is to provide that which they need most, and that's Jesus Christ for salvation. Amen? Amen. All right, that's going to do it for the radio portion of the program, but we are going to hang out for the after show online, so stick around for that at GRN Online on all three platforms. We're praying for you. We hope that you will pray for us as well. We're grateful that you are part of the Guadalupe Radio Network family. And please, share us with some friends. We'll see you next week on GRN Live Monday edition. Stick around for the after show. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And take Jesus wherever you go this week. Hello. 
I'm Richard Ludwig, President of the University of St. Thomas. No matter where you are in your journey, St. Thomas's unique mix of friendliness, innovation, and Catholicity helps you bring your special gifts to full flourish. As a member of our community, you will feel what it is like to be your bold self. As a Celt, you will take on the world for positive change and help shape tomorrow. Find out more at stthom.edu. That's S-T-T-H-O-M dot E-D-U. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen.